Hello, what's your name? Uh, my name is Jacques. Hello, Jacques. Welcome to the Science Shed. Thank you. I'm from the European continent. Am oh. I still welcome in you the Science Shed? But everyone is welcome in the Science Shed, Fred, but especially you. This is the Brexit. Yeah, we're not too happy about Brexit, but the good thing about the science shed is it's available all over the world. Do I not need some new visa to come You don't here? need a visa to listen to the science shed. Everyone oh, is welcome. That's great. So the science shed's a, a science podcast that comes out every two weeks. Uh, it's me. I'm Stephen Lee. I'm a university academic from the University of Cambridge. And my colleague here is Nick Evans. Do you... Uh, make jokes and act silly and that kind we, of thing we would never be silly we don't uh, we're brits we don't have any we don't have any sense why of humor. not because well, because we're british we have no well, sense of humor we, not we, understand. Kick, we kick everyone out okay all the time so what should i do if i want to come in and listen well you tell you what you sit down okay get yourself a pastis oh ricard exactly and oh, we'll bien. get on with it how about that that sounds very good thank you mr steve Bunsen, Burner, Dolly, Machine, Internal, Combustion, Why Do We Need, Petri, Oscar, Isaac, Newton, Transplanting. Oh, hello Steve. Nick. Oh, how are I, you? I'm alright, I've just come up to London on the train. Me too, you look a bit manic today. Oh, I am a little bit, I feel full he's of energy. This, he's got this kind of crazy I look f- in his eye. Steve, I'm fit at the moment. I'm going to Mallorca on my bike in a in a week or so actually and I've been nice. training. Nice. How far How far you been? I went 50 miles on Saturday, That's good. and I went 50 miles on Tuesday, and I went mountain biking in the mud last night for 20 miles. I was on the train. Yeah. Um, I feel a little bit, uh, a little bit stressed at the same time because I had an argument with the um, the steward, the dude who sells the tea and the, the right. stuff. I feel really bad about it, Steve. What happened? Well, he was a bit of an so idiot. So, so, you're, so, so you're, Nick's rushing is because he's a bit late. He's trying to get on the train to London. Probably wants a coffee because he hasn't had time to have one, and he's a bit cr- cranky. Yeah, and I was really thirsty train. and needing some caffeine. Right, okay. And it, and then he comes down. The, the I was waiting for him. Yeah. So I was I was fully expecting the trolley <laughs> to come. <laughs> is it is it like when you're on an aeroplane and you can see they're coming and you're like, oh, I can't wait to get my sandwich. Yeah. Oh, they move a bit quick on the train, to be yeah. fair. But it took a while, and then by the, I saw him coming. I was like, oh, I'm gonna have a cup of tea. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to have my cup of tea. Yeah. No hot bloody water was there on the on his trolley. I would say that's the that was the kind of basic. The the, the 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 bare bones you would need on a treat on a trolley is a, is a cup of tea. But the thing is, when I asked him, I, "Can I have a cup of tea?" He said, "No, no, there's no hot water. That's why I said like, cold drinks like, only." Like you should know. Immediately defensive, right? <laughs> and he looked like a bit like a grey Saxondale, <laughs> and he had that miserable countenance. So in your head, you're you're hoping him to say, oh, "I'm terribly sorry, sir. There's no. Unfortunately, we don't have any hot water." I know, and I'd heard him earlier on making sort of quips, you know, amusing quips right. when he was announcing it. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Right. Oh, bit of a personality. Uh, right? Some wine for you if you want to have it, ladies. That sort of <clears> thing. And I was sort of thinking, these this guy's a knob. Yeah. Anyway, so he goes past, and then within 20 seconds, he comes over the announcement, because I was on the, near the front. He comes on the, announce, the announcement yeah. and says, oh, my, my friend Gus has sorted out the hot water problem. We now have hot, hot water. <gasps> so I was like, yes, get in. Yeah. So I walked. I got out of my seat immediately. Qu- caught him up. Caught I went up to him and said, oh, can I have a cup of tea, please? Yeah. And anyway, he seemed a bit so did you put out that I'd come so soon. I think he was annoyed that I got out of my seat and come straight away. Because he really wanted to cup so of tea. He was haforing and fiddling at the lock, and then he got the tea out, made me my cup of tea, and said, milk. And I said, I said, yes, please. 
And he said, anything else? And I was like, no, it's all right. Thinking he was like a bag of crisps or something. So he gave me a tea. I said, oh, can I have some sugar as well? And I said, you know, that's why I asked whether you wanted anything else. <laughs> what a prick. And, uh, no, but I immediately, <laughs> I went into like polite mode and I went, oh, right. sorry. Yeah. And he went, it's all right. My teenage daughters don't listen to me either. Ooh. So I was like, I thought, well, hang on a minute. I was, I was a bit surprised. I didn't do anything. I yeah. just, I just kind that's of thought, well, this is like a little joke. A little joke oh, between right. The okay. Two. Right. So he's being a bit, so it's not like confrontational. It's a bit jovial. No, I think it was confrontational. Oh, I sat okay. down and I see. Started to stew. The more the <laughs> like, thought went round in my brain from like, one part of the brain to the other, the more angry I became. Like the I became angry and angrier and angrier <laughs> and more angry. And eventually, I got out of my seat after I drank my tea. Prepared yourself. And he yourself. had his trolley yeah. in front of the bin. Yeah. And I walked past him and I stared him in the eye <laughs> and I rammed my drink <laughs> in the bin behind what? the trolley without really acknowledging him. He didn't right. react. No. And you know that? You know what I did then? Did you give him a tut? I went on the internet and I found how to give feedback <laughs> to Southwestern Chains. You should have tweeted them. And I made a complaint. Wow. Well, there you go. I made a very, it's a very short complaint. It was more constructive feedback. <laughs> I think your steward was very rude. Yeah. But I feel now I feel bad about it. Still. No, you don't feel bad about it. If he was a nice person, you wouldn't have had to have given him negative he, feedback. To be honest with you, it, you know, he must do that on a regular basis. Maybe given the benefit of the doubt, maybe he's having a bad day. Okay, well, let's uh why don't we try and cheer you up a bit by getting on with the podcast? How about that? Yeah. <laughs> Nick. Steve. Uh so guess what I did this week? Um <laughs> <laughs> Always in the gutter. <laughs> Always. <laughs> I don't know. What did you do this Wait, week? Me and my lad did the Science Museum Lates this week. Oh, I know about that because yeah. I, I saw you on Twitter. And yeah. I had a look at some of your photos. It was like, um, it was really good fun. Um, I wanted to kind of talk about it a little bit. Yeah. Then I can recycle some other some old content and pretend like it's... <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to ask you about it anyway yeah. because I saw about it and it looked, really looked cool. Yeah, it was fun. So we um, so the Science Museum Lates, for anyone who doesn't know, is kind of a few times a year, I think. It's kind of well, like kind of 10 times a year. They open the Science Museum in Kensington, but they don't let any kids in. And it's in the evening and they have like bars um, and uh, so people can have a beer, walk around without any, any kind of screaming children and look at not just the standard Science museum exhibitions but they also put on kind of temporary ones and they're all kind of like focused to different uh subjects so previously uh, there was one about maths and code this one was sponsored by the royal society who i'm who fund me um and it was called the next big thing so we submitted a, um, a grant proposal um and our exhibition was called how a gin and tonic can save your life how can a john gin and tonic <laughs> save your life yeah Steve? well um it's bad for you gin and tonics well so what we spoke about is... I know they're bad for you. What, gin and tonics? Yeah, because if I have 10 of them, I feel really terrible. We, for we gave days. away free booze. Well, I think our, our exhibition was particularly popular. I think you probably broke some rule there. No, actually, I'll tell you what happened, right? So I came in, you have to submit a rider, right? So, so you basically have to well, tell the Science like, Museum. Yeah. Like in Spinal Tap? Yeah, exactly. But not for like you, but for what you need to do the exhibition, right? So what so, did you say? So we needed, so we, so we needed some ice and, and some cups, right? Because yeah. obviously we're giving away booze. So they can sort that out for you. They can sort that out. I needed loads of and um, we needed plugs. I normally have to do all this bull. No, they sort that, so. and then we, and I needed three TV screens, right? <clears throat> so so we turned up there, you know, uh, early, massively unorganised. No one was there. We were organised, you know, in, in a kind of un, un, very unlike me. But it was because my t the rest of my lab and the people that were helping out, they were much more organised than I was. So yeah, everything yeah. we were there early. We had time to spare, which is very unlike me. Um, anyway, 
uh, went to them like we only had fifth we have we had 45 minutes from when the the museum closed at six to when the lates opened at 645 pretty so fast turnaround eh pretty fast you so got to go in you got to set everything minutes, up you got a desk got the desk have you got like a van with a bunch of stuff we had a, a whole van full of stuff oh that we had to like move into God. the science museum set up anyway this we is when some you want to be doing like maths isn't it and you just write numbers on a bit <laughs> exactly stick them on a board so so we needed we needed ice right and the woman came up to me and she's like well we haven't didn't get that on the rider i'm like well you should have been on the rider why wasn't the rider it's integral to our communication strategy. Did you lose it like Nigel Tufnell's a little bit. attack with I the little sandwiches with the, the meat that didn't fit quite in the bread <laughs> and he couldn't right. understand it? Was it like that? It was. I did get a bit Look, pissed where's off. where's the ice? <laughs> I don't understand where the ice is. Look, yeah. I said on my ride, well, I'm not performing. Exactly, right. that's what it was like. But anyway, the woman came up to me and she's like, well, you, she, would, she nearly wasn't, wasn't going to let us do it. And I was like, why not? And she was like, well, you haven't done um, like food and safety uh, certificate on how to put ice in a cup. I can see your face reddening already. Ice in a, a cup, Nick. <laughs> I'm like, these people are doing PhDs at Cambridge University. They can handle putting ice in a cup. And they were just like, no, we can't do it. We can't. We absolutely, there is no way around this. You cannot, there is no way anyone could possibly teach you to put ice in a cup. So had you not filled out a form? I had. And they said, well, if we would have got this, we would have told you. I'm like, well, I filled the form in as you asked. Anyway. I came up with a solution on the fly. I was thinking fast. I was like, okay, well, can I just get a bucket and chill the gin and chill the tonic in the ice, yeah, but yeah. don't put the ice in the cup? Because yeah, yeah. it was the ice in the cup they were, they were unhappy oh with. God, that's crazy. Yeah. So and there's that... ice there, but the problem <laughs> is transferring it from one container to yeah. another so container. The ice, the ice, so the ice is in a cup. The ice yeah. is in a big box. and So I, we weren't allowed to put the ice in the cup and have someone drink from the cup with the ice in it, but we could have the ice around the liquid. So oh my god, this is melting my brain. Hang on a minute. <laughs> Hang on a minute. So you were going to make gin and tonic with ice in it? We were going to make gin and tonic as, with as ice in, in it. Yeah, and we weren't allowed. But you to weren't that. allowed to because no. you can put it, you could put the gin in the glass I and you could put the tonic in the glass. That's fine. You can't put the ice in the glass. Exactly. Are you messing with me? <laughs> I would have just disobeyed. I would have just done yeah. it anyway. Well, that's, but um, and then I would have laughed. I looked they, across they, the room they, and, they and they smiled. They were taking the ice away. They were going to take the ice you away. You could physically stop them. <laughs> <laughs> I should have had a fight. Fight in the science museum. Why are they going to do that? I can't believe I it. Anyway. I feel really angry. Oh, yeah, it's annoying, right? Vicariously. So let, let me walk you through why a gin and tonic can save your life, actually. So we can actually do, rather than just my my annoyance, we can actually do some, uh, like, actually what the science Come on, Steve. Fun. I think I've got a good idea of why gin yeah. and tonic can save your life. Because I know a bit about what's in tonic. That's right. Well, so what is in tonic, Nick? Well, there's quinine, isn't there? There is quinine. So quinine is the compound in tonic that, that, um, that makes it bitter. Yeah, which yeah. is the, the nice delicious. bit. Yeah. Oh, delicious. Um, and tonic, oh, and in fact, do you know what? I've got it's it from here. India, isn't I'm going to show Nick a, a picture is of it all from India, the structure. Tonic? No, not anymore. It's all synthesized now. Is it? Yeah. So tonic is not natural? No, no, no. Well, it, was it was originally isolated from tree bark, but yeah, now yeah. you just make it out of bottles of chemicals. Ligarium something like yeah. that. So I'm going to show Nick. This is the structure of quinine. I've got it here because I've still got it from, the, from, our night, from our night in the science museum. <laughs> and there's like two bits of it. It means bog all to me, Well, the other, and we'll post this. Are you going to tweet that? Yeah, we'll tweet, we'll tweet this, but it's kind of interesting because qu quinine, probably if people are familiar with it, was the first anti-malarial drug. Well, right? that's why I, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I know that people took it. I mean, in, that's why it's in India, people ate this tree bark or yeah. made drinks from it because it was anti-malarial. Yeah, so now we don't really use it. In fact, most strains of malaria are quinine resistant now, apparently. Yeah. So they don't doesn't really work you anymore. You take similar things, chloroquine and things like exactly, that, which are yeah. probably structurally related. To that's quinine. exactly right. But there's kind of two halves of the molecule that make it really beautiful. Like One of it is the bit that's anti-malarial, which is this bit here, which I'm pointing out to Nick and we'll tweet out. And the other part is this bit, and that's the bit that makes it glow blue. 
so if you've ever been in a in a club or something and you've seen like some somebody with a with a blue glowing drink under a, like a black light in the club it's almost certainly a g and t in the club well, it's almost certainly a <laughs> god i didn't know 50 cent was here <laughs> in the club <laughs> We've got to sample that and put that behind a bass, behind a beat. God, I didn't know 50 Cent was here. In the club. Um, anyway, so 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 yeah, so so these and and that that glowing blue is a phenomenon called fluorescence, and we work on fluorescence in our lab. So fluorescence, for anyone who doesn't know, isn't a like scientists like to complicate things, but all fluorescence is is the, the absorbent uh, absorbing one color of light and spitting out a different color light. That's all it is. So 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 in 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 the in your gin and tonic when you're in the club in the club, Nick, can we do something? in the club when you're in the club? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I can't do the fiddy voice. Um, uh, <laughs> when you're in the, when you're in the club, um, I'm so the down with the gangster. You really are, aren't you? We're so Is he we're still so current? Fiddy, Fiddy. No, he's not. I don't think. I had a T-shirt once that my um, cousin-in-law, yeah, <laughs> my fiance's cousin, bought me. It must have been a fiftieth birthday present, and he found it in a charity shop. <laughs> it just said, "I'm Fiddy" on it. Please <laughs> <laughs> really, tell me you used to wear I it really everywhere. Uh, Did you like it? It was Randy bought me that. Hello, Randy. I Hello, Randy. Really. Friend of the science shed. <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah, so 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 this kind of f- now that so that kind of blue glow, um, what we use that for, um, we use that in the lab. We use that as uh, as a way of lighting up the inside of cells mm. um, and the outside of cells, for that matter. So when you so the problem is if you just take a microscope and look down the microscope at some cells, the 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 refractive index, uh, so i.e. the kind of inside of it, it's very difficult to tell different parts of a cell because they're all they all they all interact with light in about the same way. But by like attaching some of this, these molecules that glow to specific bits of the cell, what you can do is you can make the inside of the cell, so for instance, the nucleus or where the DNA is or where the membranes are, you can make them glow different colors and therefore you can see what's going on. Yeah. So, so that's kind of used quite extensively. Um, and then what we do in our lab is we kind of, one of the things we're working on is we're using this fluorescence microscopy, um, which is, you know, which is, uh, we don't use quinine, but we use chemically related compounds. Um, and we're using it to try and understand the kind of molecular origin of adaptive immunity. So, so when your body has a molecular has a, origin of adaptive it, immunity, yeah. jargon alert. What jargon alert. Okay. That? So, so basically, you have these you have bod- you have um, cells in your body that decide on des- make a decision whether you're you've been infected by a bacteria or a virus. So they're chugging along and they're going, "Hello, this is normal. <laughs> this is my house. Look at this. It's all normal down here. Yeah. The walls I recognise is my blood vessel here." Where, where's this T-cell from? In the European. So <laughs> I don't belong. And then a bit later on, who's that man? Exactly. So, but they What's ha- that? So what He's they not th- in my house. Yeah, so these cells... I'm going to kill him. <laughs> that, was ki- that was a killer T-cell, was it? Um, I'm, I think yeah. I'm a macrophage. Okay, killer right. T-cell is more like this. Hey, wait, uh, okay, yeah. Okay, Hello. Yeah, it's normally like that. 
but then a bit switch, dopey. Yeah, you get switched on by someone else. Exactly. Someone comes along and goes, "Hello, Mr. Teaser. <laughs> I got something for you." <laughs> and then he goes, oh, back. "Okay, I got the kill. Yeah." <laughs> wow. So there you go. So in a, so th- those cells are called T cells because um, they're made in your thymus in your neck. And they have to make a decision, um, much like Nick just went through um, uh, for you there. But um, what what we don't really understand, as much as we might believe Nick's rendition of of a T-cell making a decision, is we don't really understand how that works. So we're using it in the lab. We're trying to use um, uh, these fluorescent things to be able to try and understand how the cells make a decision. Mm. And it's really impressive, right? So so you have a receptor on on the surface. Do you know what that is? Oh, well, I don't know. People, a receptor, yeah, okay. I mean, a receptor's like a little thing that sticks out a cell and only one thing will fit into it. Yeah. And when it fits into it, the the cell knows. It's like the a little Yeah, sensor. The, 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 the sensor, yeah. yeah so there's a sensor. sensor. So the cell, um, the, in your body, it's been shown that you have all these cells going around to check whether you're infected. And on the surface of all of those cells, there's a receptor, right? There's this yeah. little this little sensor. And it's shown that like one between one and two of those sensors on the surface of those cells, and you, of, of your about, you know, I don't know how many T cells you got, but you know, there's millions of cells. Just one of those changing state, that sensor working on one, can initiate an entire immune response. Mm-hmm. The whole thing of you being ill can be initiated by one thing, and we've mm-hmm. got no idea how it works. Mm-hmm. So, so we're, we're, what we're trying to do at the science museum is explain that, and then we had a little game, and then they, people had to guess, uh, guess some, guess some things from a game, and if they won it, they won a free G and T without oh icing it. They were without game. icing. Goodness they had a little game, me. yeah. So, but to be honest, when we started off, we were, we we went and bought. So what we had to do, Nick, we had to go and buy the gin, right? So yeah. I went into Sainsbury's, and I'm there with my PhD student, and I was like, I was like, how much gin do we need? And so we made a little kind of quick back of the envelope calculation, like how many gins we're going to give away, and I was like. I was like, okay, well, we we'll probably need about three or four bottles of gin. Right? Three or four bottles of gin. And he was like, but how many people? No. Three or four bottles of gin. That's it's how many shots in a bottle of gin? Thirty. Thirty shots. That yeah. doubles or normal? To normal singles. Okay, so four times thirty, one hundred and twenty shots. Yeah, over about a three-hour, four-hour period or something. And how many people visited your little store? We don't know, but there was about five thousand people in the science museum. That's it was cool. massively Did busy you do the any whole time. Stuff? I haven't done it yet, but um, um, I'm gonna. Um, the uh, uh, yeah, so so it was kind of um, so we were there, and I was like, "Oh, we need a few bottles." And my PhD student, I think you went, "I think we need ten bottles of gin, <laughs> yeah, Steve." I think that's fair enough. And I was you like, can "Always keep them." That's that's exactly what well, we've done. Now, Steve. They're in the lab. How many do you have left? We've got like three bottles. What left. are you going to do with them? We're going to drink them on Friday. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> bosh! <laughs> I hope they're high quality. It's Gordon's. Oh, Gordon's is fine. Yeah. You know what? I think people go way over the top. There's of a bit of a gin revolution, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, but that's, it's nonsense. Because ultimately, gin is just mixed with something. Indeed. So no one has a shot of gin on their uh, oh, uh, after a long day I in the lab. Actually, I come I'm, back. I, that annoys me when people say, oh, yeah, oh cucumber I'm with, not with having, Hendrix. No, 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 I'm not having the London gin. No, I, I need I need a Bombay Sapphire <laughs> or the Tanqueray. No, they all no, no, exactly no, no. Scrub that. Scrub that. Not the Tanqueray, the Bombay Sapphire. <laughs> that's the one that I want. So just to kind of finish, it was like, so they set all up, the team set up and I, I had to pissed off because yeah, yeah. Um, I had to go and do another podcast. I'm moonlighting on a different podcast mm. um, on uh, Level Up Human, which is a great podcast. All our listeners should check it Hello, out. Hello, Level Up Human. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I came back and um, we had like loads of like, uh, th- th- there was just swamped. There was just, there was like a few different, few different exhibitions all in one place. And we were put in the dark bit because we had like all of our like uh, ke- chemical glassware all yeah. lit up. And uh, we came back and like we were basically the busiest one. 
and you could see all the other people looking back they were a bit jealous and it was because we had pretty colors and we gave away booze it's pretty simple really that's the the essence to any good science communication it's free booze and pretty colors (laughs) but it was great i didn't really do much my team did all they did a great job So I, I want to tell you about my public engagement experience as this well. This week? Well, it wasn't this week. It's a oh, while okay. ago. Oh, but it just, re- it just reminded me, you talking about trying to get various things at very, various oh, parts of annoying, the day. Oh, that's annoying, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, so I do... We we applied to do one at the BBSC, which was it ended up being in East London. So yeah. it was in a park in East London, Bethnal Green Park. Yeah, I know Bethnal Green Park. Yeah. Very nice. So we had a big tent there. Oh, yeah. This was a couple of years ago now. And we had this. We we've got this thing called the Stem Cell Mountain. Right. Have I told you about the stem cell mountain? No, but why are you putting the emphasis on cell? Stem cell mountain. <laughs> stem cell mountain. I don't it's a stem know. cell mountain. Stem cell mountain. Stem cell. I'm terribly sorry. <laughs> anyway. Okay. No, tell idea, me about the so, t- stem cell mountain. So my colleague John, it's really his brainchild, but we developed mm. it together. And it's this big, um, it's like a big table with a mountain in the middle. And there's a huge Archimedes screw. Right. Right. Sounds weird. What's that got to do with it's stem cells? Well, the idea is to show how stem cells differentiate into different... Oh, so they all go to the top of the mountain and they roll to different downsides of the mountain. It's a landscape of channels. Oh, I like that. So it's and, a differentiation, but shown in 3D. And you've got little knobs around the edge. So yeah. the kids can move these knobs and they can change flippers and little jumpers to fire them. Yeah, how big is this? It's about... It must be about six feet in diameter. Oh, so it's big. It's a big thing and it's about waist high. Cool. And the Archimedes screw is higher than a person. And so what do you... Do, do, you, um, do you lift the up wide, balls? Yeah, marbles. Loads of marbles. And this is where I'm going. So you, you've got this big wheel that you turn around. Yeah. Okay, and the Archimedes screw yeah. takes the marbles up. Yeah, it's designed so, so that the marbles catch. So they go up all the way in this big screw contraption yeah. at the top. And then there are all these runs, like helter-skelter runs, which come like out... Like Scrooble t- Scrambles. Exactly. It's, it's, I tell you what you've made. You've made a, com- a combination of Scrooble Scramble and Hungry Hungry Hippos. It's a bit like that. <laughs> yeah. And it makes, it makes a noise exactly like Hungry Hippos. Very right. loud noise. Right. But anyway, the marbles the go down and then they Hungry drop down. The Hungry Hippos was that the... the, the the plastic that the arm, because everyone just hammered the, the the edge really hard, and the plastic always broke. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Why did, did, do you have the same problem with stem cell mountain? With stem cell mountain, no, we we don't actually. It does break, but it's mainly to do. There's a system of pulleys. It's ba- it's it's quite um, low-fi. It's like it, basically bike, bike cables and things like that, yeah. which attach everything and all the rest of cool. it. Cool. But yeah, the marbles go down, and the, and the kids can control it. So we were doing this in this tent, and we got a number of other what, what exhibits. Kids? How old are the kids? These were little kids. Right. So, like, <clears throat> don't know, 10, 9, 10, 11. Okay. Thousands of them came through. I think it was something in the region of three to 4,000 kids right. over the course of two days. Anyway, we started off with something in the region of 500 marbles. Do you know how many marbles we had left at the end of day one? <laughs> Seven. About 40 marbles left. <laughs> they were all pocketed. Right? Well, why so not? So, we're in Bethnal Green Marble at 5 p.m., in in London, I 5 had to PM, get five thousand brown M&Ms, need, or need, Aussie wouldn't need, go on stage. We need five hundred marbles, right? You know, so we googled marble, marble sellers, shop, marble shops. You know what? We found one. No, we went there on the bus and we bought five hundred marbles. How much is five hundred marbles? Go I can't actually remember now. You were literally the guy from Waynesville, don't you? Few hundred quid. It may be two or three hundred quid, something like that. It was like. But it was a great experience, and and with that, we, I can't remember we did we did feedback. So one of the problems with the feedback as well was they yeah. did this board. So it's important to collect feedback if you're doing public engagement because you need to know what the result was. Yeah, or whether it, yeah. So there's a board, and they had stickers, and at the top it was how you know it's how much did you enjoy this? Yeah. And if you really enjoyed it, you put your sticker at the top, and if you didn't enjoy it, you put your sticker out right at the bottom. Yeah. 
problem was the kids weren't big enough to put the stickers at the top. <laughs> so we, so we so, ended up. Ah, so the, so it's not the the feedback is not about the is about the feedback form. The mechanism <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. for feedback was flawed, not the quality exactly. of the. Uh, I, uh, I was not involved in the design of the feedback. I hasten yeah, to add. Okay, but it's a great experience, and, and it gives you. It's and like you idea, say with though. the gin and tonics, that was exciting because the stem cell mounting thing is a massive contraption that you can play with. So the kids yeah. immediately gravitate towards it. But then you've got a number of other things. So there was a bunch of us all standing around. Yeah. And then you can collar like their parents or even the kids and yeah. you can explain why so stem re- cells are important really loud. and why you're using them. Yeah, it's a loud thing. But, how, like but like, doesn't it doesn't like it pinball um, sort of thing. Doesn't it give you like a headache if you've got to stand by it for like three hours? Well, it's just so tiring anyway. And you'll yeah. know having done an exhibit for three hours. This was over three days, nine to five. Oh my god! Yeah, but the, we were doing it in yeah. in two-hour blocks, which was enough. And you're talking to people, saying pretty much the same thing over and over again for three days. You, for, you forget I'm when so, you're I'm, mid-spiel, like, don't you? You oh, forget. Have so I already told them about this, or am I going to have to tell them, or am I repeating ex- myself? Exhausted is an understatement. Yeah. You, yeah, you yeah. felt every day like I'd done a really solid day's work because your brain hurt and you. Mouth was dry. The thing is, at the end, at the end of our thing, we had to pack it up, pack <coughs> it all up. We did all that there. We had to pack it up and put it back in the van before we could even go to yeah, the pub. You must have been knackered. Yeah, it was good though. Yeah, we had to pack. I, I remember the packing up being a massive pain in the neck. Yeah, but it just got done in the end, and there were so many of us. That's since gone, by the way. The stem cell mountain. Stem cell mountain. Stem cell mountain. It's gone to Glastonbury. It's been it's to festival. Tour. Yeah, it's going to be at Glastonbury this year. So if any of you are lucky enough to get tickets, I really. There are a number of free tickets the roadshow can't, can't you just, from the can't uni you just pull, pull, blag it and just stand by the stem cell mountain for like yeah so for, last for last year I, w- I had the opportunity to go to Glastonbury but the thing is I'm a grown up now Steve and there are students right. arguably who may appreciate more getting a free Glastonbury ticket this year they're not so sure because Radiohead are headlining so if I have the opportunity I think I'm going to elbow. Elbow the Nick. PhD students out of the way. Yeah, that's that, that's you're, you're in that position of power now. You can make that call. I can make the call, but yeah. then feel bad about it. I've got too much of a conscience, Steve. I can't do deal it. with it. Nah. If I did it, I'd enjoy it so much, but I'd also feel guilty about it. Use your powers for bad. It. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so Stem Cell Mountain, if you were around in any of the summer festivals, that it's fun. going to it'll be at um, Cheltenham Science Festival, it'll be at Glastonbury. Does the Stem Cell it'll Mountain be at have a Twitter I think. It doesn't yet have you a Twitter have a, account. You should totally get a Twitter account and we can we tweet need a, it. We need a website. The problem with it is, like anything, is having the time to invest in these Look, things. if you've got the time to build a stem cell mountain, you've got the time to make a Twitter account for it, I reckon. It doesn't take long. And All you can right. just take a picture of it. Yeah. And then it will look good. I'll and then we talk can talk to John about it. All right. Get it off the ground. <laughs> should we go get him now? special we're talking about colors all, all, all the time i want to carry on talking about colors are we talking about colors we're talking about fluorescence oh yeah, yeah. things glowing colors, you're right so i'm taking i'm taking us back to newton again oh my goodness it gets Steve. it gets even better not again i thought we again we've done two we're not we haven't even scratched the surface come on then right so people haven't listened to it go back and listen to the previous two podcasts where i get really excited about isaac newton's so letter podcast 20 and 21 i believe okay so I, what i've done is i found a letter that when um uh, 
Sir Isaac Newton uh, wrote a letter to the Royal Society talking about um, his discovery that light is composed of different colours. Yeah. And last time we finished with this sentence, which was amidst the amidst these thoughts, I was forced from Cambridge by the intervening plague. Yeah, that's what he said, though. <laughs> you know, he had that Italian manservant who was having sexual relations yeah, with the, Smithers. Yeah, he just went on a big. Went I on a reckon big rum he was going on a bender, <laughs> just a like two-year bender, East London, <laughs> <laughs> with his Whiskey, Italian manservant, whatever. Um, good old Newton. So, so. Um, so I'm going to keep going because I think it gets it gets good, right? So he's like, does uh, it, Steve? Does yeah. it get good? So he's so he's forced from Cambridge, 1771. This uh, is the diaries of Isaac Newton. It's one letter. Paper. This is one paper. All right, right. And this is how good it is, right? So he's, so he says, um, uh, and it was more for. Oh, sorry, so, was, so he's forced from get Cambridge him, because get of the, the plague. Words out, Steve. And it Come was on. <laughs> you can read. Come on, do you want me to read it? That's no, all right. And it was more than two <laughs> years before I proceeded further. So he's just like finished this finished his uh, until you break yeah the plague would stop me working for a couple of years that's true but then having thought on a tender way of polishing proper for metal whereby as i imagined the figure also would be corrected to the last so what that means if you remember last time he basically realized that lenses focus light to different planes right so we spoke about color uh, chromatic aberration this is like images going blurry in a color you want keep on saying they're blurry but they're not going blurry they're focusing no it's not blurriness it's focusing to different planes But when you look at the picture it looks blurry (laughs) it's like the edges are all colory blurry that's chromatic aberration the colors separate because it looks blurry it's not a blurriness but it looks blurry (laughs) oh my god steve (laughs) it doesn't matter how i'm going (laughs) he's literally got out of his chair um so, but what he realized, and this is so what he realized is that if, and the reason they're being focused on different, different planes is because um, light undergoes this refraction, right? It's bent by glass. Different amounts. Different amounts, different mm. colors. But if you bounce it off a shiny surface, yeah. it, um, it uh, like bouncing light off reflection yeah. doesn't, doesn't matter about the color with reflection. It's only, it's only when it goes through a me- different medium, it gets diffracted differently. So if you imagine taking a, a flat mirror and curving it, yeah. so it was in the shape of a um, of what's called a parabola. Yeah, yeah. What you can do there is you can then light gets focused by reflection rather than refraction. So you don't get that. You don't get it. Blurriness. It's not blurriness. Um, <laughs> but but he didn't know how to sh- polish metal. So because of the plague, he dicks about for a bit working how to make metal shiny. Yeah. yeah. Because that, that's that was the trouble. Because to make metal shiny to reflect light in an effective yeah. way, you've got to polish it well. You and he reckons he's getting his Italian friend to help him polish. Don't polish his metal. <laughs> Come and help me polish my Listening metal. To YMCA <laughs> polishing metal. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so anyway, he makes. So he's like. So he does it two years. He builds a microscope, right? Sorry, he builds a telescope. He said, um, uh, "I began to try what might be um, affected in this kind, and by degrees, so far perfected an instrument by which I could discern Jupiter's four committants." So he could see the moons of Jupiter from looking at it. He goes, he says, I could uh, also discern the moon-like phase of Venus, but not very distinctly, nor without the niceness of disposing of the instrument. So he has a little go. He builds a microscope. In fact, today that's called a Newtonian reflecting microscope. So if you buy, if you go into a shop and buy a micro- telescope, um, there are there are two types, right? There's the so-called Galilean, which is kind of what you think of when you in your mind when you're imagining a telescope. Yeah. And then there's also um, uh, a Newtonian Newtonian reflecting uh, telescope. And the way that works is it doesn't have a second lens. 
Yeah. So so it's just got this 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 shiny mirror in the back, yeah. that, and and it's the curvature of that parabola, the curvature of that mirror that focuses the, all of the light down to a point, and then you don't get the chromatic aberration. So anyway, he's happy with his idea, but he hasn't built a good enough microscope uh, telescope. Sorry, and he says from that time I was interrupted uh, uh, till this last autumn when I made another, and as though and and as that was uh, sensibly better than the first. Um, uh, they will still be brought to much greater perfection by their endeavors who oh god that's a hard one so basically he makes a boy <laughs> so he basically what he did was yeah. he found he he re he observed using science this chromatic aberration effect yeah. this kind of like separation of the light into colors and then he he thought well actually if i wanted to do it better i yeah. could just reflect all the light to a point and that might be a better way Ex of focusing exactly. and magnifying things. So he went away and he did some technology development. Yeah. And he made, he came back, he made his own amazing, much better. But what, yeah, but what, what, I, what I love about that, right, is that, you know, he's doing these experiments and he's like thinking about like passing through glass. And it's thinking about, okay, well, how can I use that phenomenon to, 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 to develop technology? He thought about it and he came back, right? Um, and then the bit, I'll finish on this bit for uh, this bit. So, like, he uh, so he's happy. He's built this instrument. He's like sent it down to uh, London so people can use it. You can use it to see the moons of Jupiter and the phases of Venus. Um, and then he goes, and I like this because you know in my lab we build microscopes. Mm. He sums. I'm thinking of stealing this quote and putting it on our website. Okay. I have sometimes thought to make a microscope. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it? Yeah. Oh that's a whole God. sentence. He just finishes I there. Have sometimes thought to make a microscope. You know, that's probably just to freak out Robert Hooke. Yeah, that's exactly right. Dude. In a minute, we won't talk about it now, but he actually goes and slags off my Robert Hooke because he's like, Robert Hooke's supposed to be this badass sort of microscopy. I thought about it for two years and polished <laughs> the metal and it and it kicks the ass out of your microscope. Yeah. And he did this all while just by thinking about it. Oh, isn't it cool? Oh, he's a horrible man, isn't he? Why do you hate him? I think this is beautiful. <laughs> anyway, more Good. of Newton to come. Oh, God. Steve, have we finished? That was all the colours we could talk about. I'm sweating in my armpit yeah. areas. Yeah, I could really do... I feel really energetic. It's warm in this room. I think I think I need some liquid. When you get energetic, sugar. like yeah. speaking, do you find that your armpits sweat more than normal? I do. Do you know what... Do you, know what find, I, do you find that after you've been speaking a lot, you feel like high? I find a, a bit high, but then I crash. Oh, so I don't crash. I, I feel like... I, like I'm what, high what after, I, and then about an hour later, I'm kind of like sleeping. At my desk, my head back, right? Spittle dribbling out. Do you think that's all the there. listeners now are just like the the board of us being manic? The, we should yeah. call this the manic podcast, and now I think we well, should we go and crash, Nick. Oh yeah, we should. Steve. Well, if they want to kind of follow us um, on social media, yeah. they can kind of interact. Yeah. Um, so that's probably the best way to get hold of us. At the Evans Lab on Twitter for me, and I'm uh, at Steve the Chemist. And do you know what? We've got a couple of reviews on iTunes now. Have we? Yeah, we got two. And are they are they good? We've got well, we've got we've got five five star reviews. Yeah. And then everyone else, then that's all the ones of people that just click the star buttons. Yeah. Um. Somebody said, um, I read. Shall I read you the yeah, thing on. of it? Hold on. I'm nervous. Um, uh, we got two. 
which so very thank you for the two people that have done that we've been asking yeah, that for awesome, like three weeks guys. now you can be really you, nasty i don't mind but everyone else should so if it would help us immensely if you could just write a, a review it doesn't Please have to be a good do. one but yeah. just just write it so someone said listen and you'll be back for more oh, exclamation yeah. mark it's like a chocolate bar and dr bov said Two hilarious science mates dropping golden science nano nuggets. Dr. Bob! <laughs> There's more. Gosh! Mmm, so tasty. Brackets also make you sound super intelligent and interesting down the pub when later passing them off as your own. That is a great review. Isn't it a good review? Thank you, Dr. Bob. Thank you, Dr. Bob. Um, so, yeah, um, please get in touch with us and, and maybe actually give us, like, slag us off because that would also be just as funny, yeah. particularly if you slag Nick off and not me. Well, I don't mind being slagged off. <laughs> My skin is now so thick. I've been in this job for so long. Nothing can hurt me down. anymore. I've been beaten so many times. All right. Well, I can't get... get any lower. <laughs> beat away. Just beat my supine body. <laughs> <laughs> bye. Love you, bye. <laughs>